You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for another week of Star Trek STD. Um, I guess it can't technically be Star Trek STD, but STD abbreviated Star Trek Discovery. Uh, as always, I'm Colin. I'm joined by Jamie, uh, who's going to work really hard to not give me any edit points in this episode. <laughs> Um, she's on best behavior today. <laughs> you will probably never hear her on regular behavior, but this is going to be best behavior, right? I'll be good. Yeah, try your hardest. Um, we are here to talk about, what are we at now? Episode number six, uh, I believe, pronounced Lethe. <laughs> Which we had to Google how to pronounce Leafy and before not, the episode. Not, not leafy greens, but leafy. Leafy. L-E-T-H-E. L- like lethal. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's what the word means. Um, I'll have to do a bit more research while we're getting into the introductions here. Um, but this is episode six, so I guess we are past the third waypoint of the season. Uh, slowly making our way towards... What is it? The It's episode 8 or episode 9 that we're going to go out on for the mid-season. So we're getting close to mid-season. Show maybe starting to pick up a little bit. Jamie, what are your feelings on Leafy? I actually really like this episode. I liked a lot of the things that they did with it. I felt like it wasn't just kind of a stagnant story. And uh, I, I liked the whole vulcan uh, Katra connection thing that they did. And uh, I'm wondering more about the captain now. Um, I'm wondering less about the captain because I'm starting to feel like this is the most we're going to get out of him. This is going to be... I actually, he's growing on me a little, though. No, I'm not saying he's not. I mean, he's Jason Isaac, so he's he's great no matter what, but... He's uh, he's he's a little bit of a hottie, too, isn't he? He's growing Oh, on, totally. He's, he's 100% my he's type. Grow, I mean, he's an older guy, but he's, he's yeah. growing on me a little bit that way, too. He's okay. kind of a hottie. All right, well... <laughs> I got nothing to add to that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> well, they need someone to be hot. Even this new character, he's not really a looker at all. Ash. I was going to ask about that. Like, Ash Ketchum. Would we do a... Now that we've been introduced to Ash Tyler. Uh, Ash Ketchum. He's got to catch them all. Yeah, it, it, would he be our hunky character of the season? Is he in the Riker category? No. Um, no. I think that the captain's actually still more attractive. Yeah. Okay. But I think he does fit that and category. How sexy of the, is it to sleep with a phaser? Come on. <laughs> Tell me, Gabriel, do you still sleep with a phaser under your pillow? Uh, uh-huh. Tomorrow Never Dies reference, if only Michelle Yeoh were here. Uh, but well, anyways. She, well, she, that's the lady that was in the... The first two episodes, yes. Yes, yes okay. Famous movie star, one of the greatest action well, heroes in the world. I'm not very good with names, you know that. That's why I thought, <laughs> oh, this, about ring, her every this week. rings a bell. Yeah, rings a bell, okay. Michelle Yeoh rings a bell. Rings a leafy. Um, <laughs> first of all, let's just say the word leafy apparently means oblivion. Um, in ancient Greek. Okay. Episode makes a lot more sense now, I guess. I think this is the first time we're going to totally disagree on this. I was... I'm not going to say I was bored by this episode, but I found it to be stalling Okay, like but crazy. you know what, though? You might actually have not liked the episode as much as me because, for me, I felt like... And, and again, my memory is not Because you greatest. are a sentient being. <laughs> Listen, my, my memory is not the greatest, and I felt like I got to learn a little bit more about, you know, Vulcans and this and that and stuff like that. And it probably was boring to you because it's like, meh, I knew all this already. No. Like, like, even when I was watching, I'm like, I'm like... What the heck? Do like Vulcans have green blood? What's going on? You know, did this guy just throw up all over himself? And it's like you know, 
throw up radioactive ooze but no like i i don't know why would it be radioactive if he's throwing up i don't know because he's inside like a nebula thing i don't know but anyway (laughs) he was inside of a dream is dream vomit is radioactive uh no anyways so i found that out that they have green blood so that's kind of cool it's like you know when when they're dying or whatever it's like uh what's that green thing from ghostbusters slimer yeah slimer like comes out of them Slimer comes out of Vulcan. That's okay. where Slimer came from. Yeah. <laughs> oh, at least I'm not having to edit you so far. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's not even a matter of that. I do feel like they introduce us some new things with the Vulcans this time. They put different spins on it we haven't seen before. But I just felt like this was 15 minutes of uh, story crammed into a 45-minute episode. Like, so much of it was just stalling. Oh, we got to do that. We have to reintroduce Sarek at some point. Oh, we need to do something with whether Lorca can be trusted and everything this episode accomplished and it did accomplish a lot it changed Stamets character so now he's a different guy we've learned uh it made us question Lorca more and you realize there's you know this this hierarchy uh where maybe he's getting by just because of his relationship with certain people but they you, they made such a huge deal about the spore drive thing but they don't they don't actually oh, I'll get to the, trust me works. I'll get to that I'll get to that <laughs> so I'm wondering and then we have you know, new stuff with Tyler. Oh, he's such a superhero, of course, because no character can actually just be a regular person and let the audience make up their mind. The first time you see them, they have to be superhuman. He had 86 kills as opposed to 24 from Lorca. I thought it was 36. Whatever. Whatever it was, it was an absurd number. But my point is, is that we got a lot in this episode, but in no way were any of these uh, plot points or uh, side plots or anything present in a way where it made sense for them to be drawn out as much as they were. These are the type of things that you fit in five minutes here, five minutes there. You don't build entire episodes around Lorca and the Admiral. You don't build entire episodes around, where's Sarek? That's just going to be our question for the rest of the season. Where's Sarek? Uh, oh, okay, it's my turn to talk now. If you feel like it. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, you know, I know I'm kind of changing the subject a little bit, but I have to say, though, that actually, in this episode, I... And I didn't have that much of an issue with her before. You kind of did. But actually, I feel like Tilly's growing up. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> Not Tilly. She's like this sweetheart. And, and now it's... She's so annoying. And, and there's no, no point in being there. I was I was just going to say. It's, it's like, Wesley Crusher all over I again. I was just going to say. It's 100% the opposite. This episode, I didn't find her annoying at all. I actually really liked her. But it makes no sense for her to be pushed into this situation. Okay, I understand. First of all, if Burnham really is a mutineer and a prisoner of war... Are you going to put her... And she is a dangerous person. There's no doubt about that. Are you going to put her with some innocent little cadet? That alone makes no sense they'd be rooming together. Let alone that she'd have a roommate, period. I mean, it's just somebody for her to conspire with. And second of all, this this thing where it's like, no, I want Tilly there with me because I trust her. But then when you got there, it was something that basically anybody could... Don't wake me up. Okay, only Tilly could have done that. Thank God she was there. God bless you, Tilly. <laughs> You're the only one bringing logic to this crew. Tilly is Wesley Crusher. It's all Wesley Crusher all over again. It's Tilly, a.k.a. Merida. Merida, yeah, exactly, from Brave. I can't stand Tilly, and it's just it's getting more obnoxious every week. No. Uh, and it's, it's the exact same thing. Why did people hate Wesley Crusher on Next Generation? He was an obnoxious little kid, and they're like, I don't want to see a kid on the Enterprise, and they force him down your throat like he's the smartest kid who ever lived, so he must be part of the crew. And they're doing the same thing with Tilly. It's just, I don't care about Tilly at all. And I'm finding that there's so many more interesting characters like Stamets or Saru. Where was Saru this? Where's Saru? <laughs> Where's Sarek? Where's Saru? 
And instead, we get Tilly for 45 minutes. Thank you. Well, you know, it's interesting the way that they work the characters in this episode. I, I felt like, you know, they, they tried to have certain storylines that they kind of follow throughout the episode. It was like, you know, well, here's all this stuff with Sarek. And then uh, here's all this stuff with, you know, uh, figuring out that maybe the captain's not all 100% what he should be. And then, uh, you know everything to do with like the Klingon stuff and everything. I felt like they, they tried to do, you know, different parts of the episode, but I, I like how it seemed like they tried to connect on a more personal level, you know, especially that scene between um, the Admiral and the Captain uh, uh-huh. where they're talking privately. Were they having sex? No, after that. That's that's fine though. Like, I mean, it's nice to see him with his shirt off. Okay. But, but, uh, <laughs> of course it was for you. Yeah. No, it was we nice. are married, in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> was, you can probably start to piece together how good hey, I look you know based what? on You know what? Excuse me. You are not Mr. Innocent and stuff like that. Just because maybe you don't come across as forward as I do, you say all the exact same things. No, I don't. In fact, I have uh, never once commented on how great Jason Isaacs looks with his shirt off. <laughs> uh, yeah, but what do you think of Michael Burnham? Well, first of all, for anybody not listening, you're going to make me sound like something I'm not, because that is a male name, so let's just specify the female lead of the show. I like I like the dimples that are coming out right now. Anyways, back to my point. So with that, uh, when they're having their private moment and they're just talking about how, uh, you know, she's like, I don't want to leave, you know, the, the main weapon uh, of Starfleet in the hands of a broken man. And he's like, please don't take my ship away from me. <laughs> and uh, he didn't really say it that, that wimpy. But, and then it's just like, oh, I, I knew that this was coming when she was actually, you know, um, going to meet with the Klingons. And I thought, you know, something just seems so shady about this with him. Yeah, you and, you called it. You said she's going to die. Well, she technically didn't, but... Well, no, yeah. but she got, she got kidnapped, held prisoner for now. And, um, you know... It, you see clearly where his mind was at and what he was thinking that, you know, hoping that maybe she would, you know, die or something else not even die, but, you know, just not be able to take him out of command or anything. Because even later in the episode, you just see uh, the captain talking with uh, Mr. Saru. Mr. Saru. What? <laughs> Mr. Saru. Mr. Yeah. Saru. Yeah. Mr. Saru. <laughs> Mr. Saru. And, um, you see the captain talking with him and and he just is like uh well why don't we just and i'm paraphrasing but why don't we just go get her like you know we why are we checking you know for permission type of thing this is not something we normally do and he's like nope you know check for permission i don't want to get anybody in trouble and i don't why i don't know why i make him sound like he's like you know some southerner but um <laughs> well lark that he he does have a bit of a southern accent that might be why oh anyway so um but yeah no so you see kind of where he's coming from he he wants to actually delay it and possibly have her be in a worse situation because it's better for him okay i'll give you that storyline is kind of interesting um but here's the problem it was the b story this week that probably could have been the a story and they could have just done more with it whereas the burnham sarek thing uh that's the main thing i want to be critical of this week because I felt like that should have been a B story. It's we only had one episode removed from the Burnham show. We're six episodes in, right. and five out of the six have been about nothing but Burnham. And yeah. I'm, I'm getting tired of it, especially when this week there was no need for it to be the main story. This is the type of thing you tell in the background uh, if you want to show the relationship with Sarek. You don't have to have him lost in space. And here's the biggest problem: she goes after him, 
But the sequence never had to be that way. It didn't provide anything visually. All you see is outside the window all these big bright colors. And yet they don't even play on the danger of it the whole time. Because Tyler will leave the pilot seat and walk up and talk to them. That's kind of like, I mean, we don't even have to be, if they're trying to sell this as a dangerous situation, you know, if you and I are driving out in the middle of a thunderstorm or a blizzard or something like that, you know, and I let go of the wheel and I'm like, hold on a second. Okay, that's going to be a little bit dangerous. But this is like a completely different level, and they don't even play that's, up on the that's fact. That's true. I never really thought yeah, about the, that. Yeah, there actually. was no point to do. We're there in the middle of the storm, but he just casually gets up and walks away from the driver's okay, seat. But, but but don't you think? And this is what I thought. But don't you think that when they were actually talking about um, the whole thing where he chose Spock over her, and obviously obvi- we'll get to that. Obviously, he regretted that or yeah, whatever. We'll get to but, that. But but I think that they interjected everything with actually trying to show any type of backstory that involves Spock because they wanted to spark the interest of Spock lovers. You want to... You think? You think? Maybe, but probably not. It's just a way of writing around the fact that, you know, she's apparently Spock's sister, but then why have you never heard of her? Or adopted sister. But we'll get to that in a bit. The problem here is that this story could have been done without him being lost in space and without this weird storm that they didn't even play up on, they just yeah. had it outside the window, bright colors, and then they say things like, you can't break the connection, until he's like, okay, I'll break the connection. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. Put me back under. Okay. Why even show them breaking the connection? It was just a way to transition to a commercial break. I mean, people who are watching it in America are going to be like, there's no commercials. There are commercials in other countries. You're just watching it on an app. We had commercials here. It was just a way to drag this thing out longer. And I didn't mind the whole idea of, you know, let's see where the the faith in her was broken or where her faith was broken in him and all that and the stuff with the Vulcans. This whole series, the one interesting thing they've been bringing to the table is showing that there's extremists on all sides. Right. You know, there are extremist Klingons. The Klingons we're seeing are extremists. The Vulcans that we see in this episode... And how random was it? I mean, I know they wanted to establish there are all these extremist Vulcans out there. How random is it this extremist Vulcan just says, I'm going to blow myself up on the ship. And when Sarek does something, we don't really know what he did. He presses a button. So what's that? The don't blow up in my face button for suicide bombers? Like, we don't even get that in the episode. And the next time we find him, he's lying. some type of distress signal beacon thing. But I was thinking he was doing something like teleporting him out of the ship and maybe only half the explosion caught him. Like, we don't get that explanation in here. It's just sloppy storytelling. Do you you think that this whole like rainbow nebula thing that they were riding into do you think that they took any inspiration from mario kart the rainbow road i think that's exactly where they got it from right i think they they were playing mario kart one day and they said star trek this is how we're putting it except they were just missing the faces you know those light up faces of all the characters in the background the neon lights no i don't remember (laughs) anyways a a little bit of a change of subject actually uh you know rewinding back earlier in the episode because i want to talk about something you actually probably forgot that you were quite aggravated by actually did it involve tilly no okay actually didn't do you do you remember when you basically you were like what that doesn't make any sense when like that was the greatest impression of me i've ever heard (laughs) i'm just gonna talk like this for the rest of the episode who even talks like that? I don't. Apparently, even, I do. I don't, I, I don't even know a character that does. <laughs> no, anyways. Uh, so you were really frustrated when all of a sudden, like, you see Captain and Ash or whatever, and they're like doing hologram training. Oh like, my! And no. you're like, exactly. That was your that was your yeah. action. And you're like, that doesn't make sense. It didn't come in until Star Trek and, Generation. Okay, there are people who are just going so far to be such Star Trek purists that they have to criticize everything that doesn't fit in. I'm not being that way, but. 
at least apply some logic. If it is one or two things throughout the season where we're seeing technology, it's like, well, this doesn't fit. We can accept that. You know, we can accept the movies, the more recent movies, showing a more technologically advanced bridge. Right. You know, because it's just something in the background. But when every week we're, here's some amazing technology that we never knew that they had 10 years later, let alone 80 years later when Deep Space Nine or Next Generation movies are happening or whatever. Well, like even the spores. Right? Yeah, and I'm sure they're going to find a way to write that out. Like, be like, oh, the technology doesn't work. Yeah. that's We'll get to that, too. Um, But, yeah, it's just the the fact that they had holograms. It's basically a holodeck. And they're going to explain off and say, well, it was a regular deck with regular corridors. And the people were holograms. Then why did Kirk never use this? And why, when we get to Next Generation, is this so remarkable that they're like, we have a holodeck on the Enterprise. Nobody has a holodeck. Yeah. Except for people 70 years ago. It's really interesting, actually, to to think about it because I mean, again, it's it's one of those things where my memory is not the greatest. If people ask me facts about Star Trek, I'm probably not going to know. Um, but obviously, this really ticked you off yeah. when I saw it. And it also because it was just another excuse to be like, Ash Tyler is a superhero. He killed seventy nine, eighty six, one hundred and twelve people. But is this guy a little shady too, though? I don't really know. Ah, uh, well, okay. I'm not going to get to it because there's probably some people who have read the theory online. There's a theory which is pretty valid when you do your research on it. I don't want to say it now when we get later into the season. Is if he it Captain Marcus' son? No, he's not. But His illegitimate son. I'm just going to say, if you go back to the episodes he was not in, there may be a connection to him there. And I'm not even going to say mm. anything other than that and the fact that... You didn't tell you me have about to, this. You I'm have your to, wife. You're supposed to tell me everything. Well, I mean... We haven't had a chance to talk about the episode yet. Mm. But there's also... It's it's kind of a behind-the-scenes thing. It's like if you're following behind-the-scenes of the show, maybe you're going to get it a little bit. But we'll get to that later on. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Just Google it, and then once it gets closer to the end of the season, we'll probably discuss it a little bit. You'll have to tell me these details in private. I will. Um, (laughs) To be continued. Uh, But... Okay, let's talk about the uh, Sarek thing now. So Sarek's storyline is that he, as we found out in the early episodes, he's kind of the adopted father. And you have the other, a lot of stuff with the other Vulcans. One thing I did like in this episode, I just didn't think it needed to be the A story. Mm -hmm. With the other Vulcans, and you realize it's not even just something of extremists. There are people out there who don't like the idea that Sarek has always had this involvement, wanting to integrate the humans, wanting to... um, not you know become one with humans but just explore their culture and how how human did that vulcan that he was talking look like i or did you i didn't even notice you didn't notice no i didn't really think he looked vulcan i thought this guy literally looks like he could be like from texas or something which is kind of a little bit of funny eyebrows (laughs) but the the thing is is if you go back to even the original series sarek the idea was that spock was half human and i don't know why they wrote that into the original show his mom right not Sarek's, but Spock's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was Sarek's wife. So he married a human, he had a half-human son, and he had this adopted human daughter, even though it's not like he adopted her at birth or whatever. But what happens is he's trained her for years trying to get humans into this Vulcan academy or whatever. I don't even know. The exploration. Expeditory. 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 Yeah, whatever it is. Uh, What's with you and dongs? I did not say dongs. Dickery dickery dick dongs. Okay, anyways. How many times can we say the dong word? You're the only one who said it so far. Anyways, continue. Um, 
so he's trying to get Burnham into this, and then it keeps going to the flashbacks. You know, this has to do with the Katra, as you said, which yeah. you are introduced to in the Wrath of Khan and the Search for Spock. That's kind of the thing that he did to uh, McCoy. That's the movie, right? Yeah, which is yeah. why there was a connection between McCoy and Spock after he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even the mind-melding thing, we saw that. And I'm just going to say, there's a Next Generation episode that Sarek appears in. Uh, and Sarek was on the original Star Trek show, and then they brought him back for Next Generation. And the episode that Sarek is in with Picard, he mind melds, I believe, with Picard. It is like one of the most powerful emotional episodes you will ever see of any show. Hmm. And you have to show me that one. It, it's it's amazing, and it's it's very deep, and it deals with like you know uh, real issues like dementia and Alzheimer's and stuff like that. And it's just a really cool episode. Here, it's just they they wrote this weird thing in in past episodes where it's like. They have this weird way they can mind meld just, uh, you know, at random times. There's there's no logic to it. Right. And that's nothing we've seen before. And I feel like it's just a cheap excuse to introduce Sarek when they want to do something. something in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm also going to say, the actor that plays Sarek, James Frain, you're not going to really know who he is. One of my favorite, you know, unsung heroes of movies and TV. He's he's one of these actors that you couldn't even go as far as to say I've seen him in a lot of things, but I've seen him in a couple of things and everything I've seen him in he's just amazing. Probably the most notable performance he had was as Paul Reigns on 24. Uh, that was back in season 4. Just an incredible actor and he's one of these guys I always thought I want him to get a big break and he never got a big break. But every time he does pop up in a movie, he's he's doing something amazing like he is with Sarah. So I give total credit to him. But with this thing with Sarek, the storyline was interesting, but I didn't feel it needed to be dragged out. And I like that they threw this thing out there. You know, why was Burnham basically taken away from the Vulcan Expeditory Academy, whatever it is. Expedition. And I put think. on the Szechuan. Yeah. Uh, it was because they basically said, look, we, we think the girl's great. Um, we also think Spock is great. But you have a non-human adopted daughter and an only half-human son... We will take one of them, but not both, because we don't want to send this message that we are allowing humans to take over our culture. All of that makes sense in the real world or in Star Trek, and that's great. We just did not need an entire episode of Burnham on her back in, you know, uh, REM sleep, and Sarek unconscious with his green ooze slimer coming out of his mouth and his nostrils and his ears to get there. I I do have a a question for you that I'd actually like to hear your opinion on because I I know kind of what I think about it. Again, I actually enjoyed this episode Mm -hmm. a little bit more. So my two questions for you, one would be, do you think that this episode was well-written compared to the episodes? How how would you rank it? I wouldn't say it's well-written. I would say the direction they're taking with the format of the show is going in the right direction, kind of like last week. Last week, I felt, was a much more entertaining episode. There was probably more going on this week, and it was a little bit more original, but it was very much drawn out. And uh, I don't know. Maybe, there were a lot maybe of I'm just in a the, good mood then because I actually enjoyed I th- it. I don't know if it was the writing. I'd have to watch it again. I don't know if it was the writing or the performances, but like everybody was flat this week. Or, everybody or maybe was it's flat. just also because you're feeling under the weather. No, I was feeling even worse the last three weeks, and I thought the last two episodes at least were okay. Okay, so now that we've established your opinion on that, because I, I thought that. Like I said, I had fun with this episode. Just remember, we still got to talk, talk about Stamos, okay? Oh, I know. Um, my other question for you was going to be, and we kind of touched on a little bit already with the whole rainbow road thing, yeah. but uh, for this episode in particular, what did you think of the the uh, graphics that they had? 
It's okay. It looked like more traditional Star Trek. It wasn't too over the top special effects. This mm-hmm. is what you would see on the next generation. Kind of just weird colors of the window. Mm-hmm. I like it to be a little subtler. Mm-hmm. I just would like it better if there was a reason for them to have been in that location. Because when we see Sarek and that explosion happens, we barely even see where he is. Right. And the fact that they had to have all those sequences take place there... It made no sense. You know what? Logically, it just made no sense. You know what made no sense to me is actually uh, with when he was told not to go rescue Sarek. And then all of a sudden, the Admiral ship appears wherever they are. Now, mm-hmm. the, now you know, the Discovery, I understand that that chick... Or the Disco. <laughs> See the, the, the gear they have? Their, their running gear, Disco. I guess this is Star Trek Disco now. I guess so. Um, but I know that the Discovery can, uh, that ship can go uh, anywhere in a matter of seconds. But I'm, wa- it? <laughs> I'm wondering, though, how the Admiral ship got there so quickly. Because obviously, he, I, I don't know. Maybe, like they, they, maybe they spore drive themselves to where the Admiral's location was. I don't know. But here's my other issue, and I brought this up. Usually we try to say nothing during the episode. You even tried this week. You're like, this one's a lot better than some of the past ones, huh? And I'm like, nah, I'm going to say nothing until we're done. Not until we're recording. The yeah, one thing I could you, not you hold back. You were very tight-lipped about it. You would the, not say anything. The one thing I could not get, you know, uh, get away with was the, uh, the hologram thing, but also the spore drive. So we've been dealing with this weird, wonky spore drive for weeks. We get to the point where the spore drive works. Last week, we find out the creature that we had that made the spore drive work is dying because of the spore drive. So let's come up with some experimental technology that allows a human to operate the spore drive. Mm-hmm. They find out about this, and everybody's like, okay, we're glad you did it. That's kind of the whole point of this episode. We're glad, we're glad that you did it, but Never it do is it again. against... That's what the Admiral says. It is against the rules. And yet they use the spore drive like three times in this episode, and we never see... Who's operating it? Yeah, we, we don't... It's just sloppy storytelling. It, it is week. a little bit. Yeah, because you, you wonder, like, you know, it took so much out of him and stuff like that. Is he it still... split him into multiple personalities. Is, is, is he still... A mere the, person. Well, exactly. And is he still the one who's operating it? Like, what's going on? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's not really that well explained. I don't know. This is um, a complete theory of my own. I haven't read anything online about this, but we talked about Stamets after operating the spore drive himself, how... There was just that weird thing where he's looking in the mirror, brushing his teeth, and then he walks away, but the mirror image stands there looking back at him and then walks away later on. Really made no sense. The only thing that I thought of the entire time was the Mirror Universe episodes. There's this Mirror Universe in Star Trek. We watched the Enterprise two-parter of it. Do you remember? Oh, yes. Yes. I remember. And that's something that that goes all the way back to the original Star Trek show. And they do that Mm. on all the series. So maybe they're trying to reference. Maybe they're saying that using the Spore Drive actually opened up a connection between the two Stamets, between this and a Mirror Universe. And they're just using the Mirror as kind of like a way to demonstrate that to the audience. Well, and and who knows? That's my own theory. I'm not spoiling anything I've read. I mean... The thing is, is that would make a lot of sense, but that's kind of where I'm feeling, uh, not really theory, but they're wanting to go even with the whole Spock thing to, oh, let's dive a little bit deeper into his background and educate people more on, you know, Spock's dad and what happened and things like that. Well, with with Samets, here's the other thing. The reason I kind of had the theory last week and didn't want to say anything about it, just because the whole mirror thing, the first thing you think of is the mirror, you know, universe in Star Trek. Well, you would because you're... Smart well, I also showed you that episode before we watched it last week, so you should have connected the dots too, Jamie. Uh, bad memory. There's a reason why. I, there's a reason why pretty much everybody that really knows me calls me Dory. Uh, but this week we saw a completely different Stamets. They even drew attention to it, 
And we went from very uptight quirky Stamets to extremely laid back quirky Stamets. Yes. Right now right. he's almost like surfer stoner Cause, dude. Because because he was like he was like you'd have to you know be crazy and without a prayer and stuff like that to go in that ship. And then she's she basically is just like uh huh. And then he's like okay great yeah sounds like fun. See you later bye. And, and I still like Stamets as a character, but just that that radical shift is actually making me think. It's not necessarily just we're going to get a mirror, mirror universe thing, but that maybe him operating the spore drive caused him and his mirror universe self in one of the mirror universes, because the idea is tons of them, no. to swap places. But if that's the case, who's operating the spore drive now? And why are we, do oh, we just have like, point. every time they do this, they take another random red shirt and say, here, here's this needle with some of Ripper's or, DNA in it. Or maybe. Tardigrade, tardigrade, tardigrade. Maybe. Maybe he is completely outside of this whole Spore engine thing and his new reflection is operating That's the Spore drive. All, the, all of the time. Well, I don't really know what you're saying, but Infinitely. I think it's Infinitely. Never, S- never dying. Sentinently. Sentinently. <laughs> Rainbow Roadly. Um, um, no. That's just... I, I don't know if you care to comment on anything else with Stamets. We know it's going somewhere. Otherwise, it wouldn't have ended last week with that. Well, I, I definitely am interested. Uh, you know, one other question that I had for you, because, again, you're the one with the memory. This is why I never argue or debate with Colin, because I will lose every time. But um, I'm also incredibly intelligent and have valid, <laughs> shut am- up. amazingly uh, well-thought-out opinions. Shut up. This is my show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, okay, so the whole... Uh, uh, sex scene and stuff like that that they have. Obviously, you don't see actually anything happening, but it's implied that they made love. Um, <laughs> is this something that is... She put her clothes on afterwards after finding out he had a phaser under the pillow. So I, I don't think that's implied. Well, I think well maybe they just looked at each other naked and, and cuddled. Anyways. <laughs> this I, is the lamest... This is a lamer I, universe than Gene Roddenberry's season one next generation. No, okay, let's get... Let's... let's say they got it on anyways my question to you is with uh star trek just in general throughout the series that they have there um is this something that you ever see characters you know be intimate together like not not the actual act of it but is this something that you see often i don't really know um i mean yeah i you know picard has slept with his fair share of women Riker has on the show really yeah i mean well there was i think it was insurrection where and it had a lot to do with the plot of insurrection of that they were on this planet that was kind of giving them youth again and making them younger and, and horny yeah well kind of at okay. least with Riker because it, there was a scene I believe with Riker and Troy in a bath um, so oh you must have enjoyed that not the Riker but the Troy to be honest I don't remember it I mean I was a little bit young at the time to <laughs> she's she's pretty yummy yeah it's just I don't remember the scene it, and. I I think the major context of that scene was Riker lost his beard, so your your eyes are just drawn to his bare face. <laughs> she, she she has like some of the perkiest boobs I've ever seen. Jamie said it, not me. Just <laughs> put it out. There. Oh, you know what? I can be honest. Anyways. Anyways. Um. Yeah. So I, I'm just curious. This whole thing. Sorry, my my mind's still on it with the whole Picard. I thing. cannot believe that you are gonna spend at least two or three minutes grilling me about how many other times have we seen people no, get it on no, in with, Star Trek with, with Picard. The scene that you're talking about is he shirtless? I don't know if he was. Okay, again, I wouldn't commit it to memory. Let's watch this movie. You can ask me something else now. But no, it wasn't this... Picard. Picard wasn't in a bath with Troy. It was Riker. No, I thought you said there's somewhere where he was. He was. Picard's always getting it on with somebody. I, I want to see him shirtless. Okay. <laughs> That's my mission. Um. Okay. Ask me another question. No, wait. This right. is my show. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> 
I don't know what to ask anymore. Okay. Oh, that's okay. You legitimately don't know what to ask. All right, so then let's move on. Uh, anything else we're missing from this week's episode? We've covered Sarah. We've covered the Katra. We've covered Lorca and the Admiral getting it on. Obviously, the cliffhanger this week is there was this peace talk, which again, poor storytelling. Right. I guess they explained that at the beginning that this is what Sarek was doing, but then they drop it for the majority of the episode. And the next time we even hear it reference is when he's in a hospital bed. And I'd forgotten at that point. Like, if, if they had made that part of the episode, we need him for these. That's why you have to find Sarah. We need him for these peace talks. Mm-hmm. And they could have actually done and, something with and that. And do, do you think that they had to kill all of the officers that were with her? Yeah, because it's, it's Star Trek. You don't care about them regardless. I mean, if you come, you may not come back to the Admiral until three or four episodes from now. Probably the, uh, you know, mid-season finale. So, let's say two or three episodes. People well, aren't going to care about I guess about it, it makes it more juicy because she's alone and without hope. And it without is interesting. Hope. She's the only one who actually, she was ready to remove Lorca. Yeah. And you do yeah. have to wonder, is he just trying to follow the rules or is mm-hmm. he trying to hold on? There's some interesting things with Lorca. I still don't think anybody's really lived up to their potential. You could say Burnham's done a lot on the show, but it's almost overkill at this point. Um, Stamets is the only I one. I kind of like the different side of her character that I'm seeing, though, where it is more. Well, than... where she's happy and jovial at the end with Tyler. Well, I'm just saying where where it's not just like okay, yeah, she grew up a Vulcan, but she is still a human. Yeah. And now it's like I'm seeing a little bit more of the human side. Because that's the thing. It's there, a little there bit was more really, dynamic. If you go back to, I used a big word. Yeah, and it was not sentient. Uh, if you go back, sentient. If you go back to the original series, you know, with Spock. Um, you, you do have to ask yourself now, what was the point of making him half human? Because we never see that. Right. You know, there are a few mentions of it, but even when they have him walk away from the original series and then come back in the motion picture in the first Star Trek movie, he is like fully Vulcan. He is like 100% embrace this. It's just, I never found that there was a reason for him to be half human. So what, what about with the whole thing with him joining Starfleet, though? Because that's not really something a typical Vulcan would want to do. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, that's just... Gene Roddenberry was not going to write the original Star Trek show with Star Trek STD <laughs> 50 years down the row in mind. This is just them saying, well, we have to explain why he was at Starfleet and not there. Right. You know, Gene Roddenberry may have had the idea originally that all Vulcans served. In fact, if he didn't have that idea, they had that with Enterprise. That's one of the things I really liked about Enterprise was that as the humans were developing Starfleet, you know, and the Federation was developing with the Vulcans and everything, mm-hmm. there was basically a rule. If you have a human vessel, you can have an all human vessel, but you have to have at least one Vulcan as on board as your science officer or whatever. That was like the law. You know, you need at least one Vulcan on board. With, um, with Saru. Um, Saru, Mr. Saru. I know. Sorry. I'm, I'm changing gears a little bit again. Yeah. This is the first time though that we're seeing his species ever, right? With this show, that's a new species. I mean, I think so. There's a thousand aliens in the background. Based on the design of it, the only other place I think it may have popped up is in one of the newer, you know, J.J. Abrams movies. Do you think because this story is supposed to be a story that takes place a really, really long time ago that (laughs) it's... No, no, no. Well, just follow me. I mean, it's 10 years before the most recent movie. So do do you think that with it taking place the time frame that it did and stuff like that, it would be bad for them to uh, reintroduce new alien races? No. Because, again, the Enterprise, what we saw in the original series was a five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no one's gone before. It was just a mission to find new worlds. So on the mission of the original series and even Next Generation, 
it's about exploration. It's about discovery, what this is supposed to be. If you've already met a species, chances are you're not going to have a lot of interactions with them way out into space, yeah. exploring strange new worlds. So, well, and this is another episode where they they're not they haven't really gone into a world at all. We were kind of talking about that the last episode where, mm. you know, we just want to see them go to some planet and yeah. do something. And, and we're still and waiting. And we're still waiting. So <laughs> so we will have to update people next week to see, obviously, if that happens. We're waiting for uh, it. Just one more annoying thing I wanted to mention with the whole Sarek and Burnham thing. Why they're constantly fighting, physically fighting as they're mind melding or whatever this is, I don't know. Uh, but more importantly, this is based on Sarek's memories. And again, this is just the show being unable to really make Burnham her own great character other than forcing her down your throats because Sarek, the only thing that's apparently ever on his mind is Burnham. Well, I can, and she hasn't seen him really in I, how many I can years. tell you the reason why, why. Is that the only thing he's thinking of in his dreams? The reason why they're fighting is because he feels ashamed for how he handled it. But that. why is that on his mind seven years after you know he sent her off to Starfleet and as he's on the way to the peace talks, that has nothing to do with her. And this is the only thing on his mind? Maybe that would be like maybe it's the only thing he regrets. If there was something you were ashamed of seven years ago, you know, and you passed out right now, is that what's gonna be running through your head nonstop? Maybe it was his biggest shame that he ever had though. I'm sure he had bigger shames. Like I mean it's like not even that shameful. He just made a logical choice. It can either be her or it could be my real son. Of course I'm gonna go for my real son. But she also said, though, that that he called her there to that memory. So obviously, maybe it was a way for him to express that, hey, hey, this happened and it's really difficult for me to talk about. He didn't call her to that memory, though, because he spent the entire time trying to kick her out, saying, get out of here, this is my memory. It's just... It's not 100% clear. If they did explain in the episode, it's done so poorly that it's like, you shouldn't have to watch Mm -hmm. an episode three or four times to get all the explanations behind all the nonsense that happens. Let's just review it here, unless there's anything else you want to add. Okay. Okay. Uh, you're yawning. Um, buy it, bin it, rent it. You were more kind to this than I was. Yeah. I, I mean, I would definitely rent it. I would have been on the low end of rent it if there was a satisfying conclusion to this, or if we saw anything out of them drifting through this dangerous part of space, or if we saw a planet or anything. But it's just my hopes almost got up at the beginning of the episode, and then unlike last week where... I think they finally did something entertaining and slightly interesting. This mm-hmm. week, it was like they set us up like, we're going to go there. No, it's just going to be you know more of the same. Do, do so you... I would give this a not so terrible bin it. It's, it's like, you know, I accidentally dropped this one in the trash, but I'm not digging it out. I'm not that tied to it. I'm going to dig it oh, out. Oh, geez. So uh, do you think that uh, the Admiral, do you think she's eye candy at all? No. No? No. Just Michael Burnham is the only attractive one at this point? Pretty much. I mean, she's the only woman there. I mean, well, there's Tilly. and then I said pretty much Burnham's the only woman there. And then there's that lady on the bridge with the weird thing on her head. I only vaguely remember her. It's not so, jogging memory. Yeah. they. It's, I feel like they introduced characters. Like there, there's even that, that robot or something. Yeah. I, I feel like they introduced all these characters. Let's see more it, of some of these. But I'm, but I'm just saying I actually forget who they all are because I saw them like five episodes ago. But in all fairness, that is similar to what... Like, a lot of people are going to be so critical of the show, and this is my one part of the episode where I jump on Star Trek fans. So critical and be like, oh, we're not getting anything of the characters. The original show had Chekhov and Sulu. Chekhov, Sulu, and Scotty had nothing to do for, like, 
95% of the episodes, they were background characters. I, I, they weren't and, even in the opening credits. And I, I, I kind of agree with you there, but also at the same time, I, I would say it is a little bit like you thought. I think it's a little bit too much of the Michael Burnham show. A little too much? Yeah. Five out of the six episodes? And, and I would just hope that they kind of have a little bit of diversity going forward to actually have different storylines that yeah. can pull away from that. Yeah. And, and something on the planet, please... If show us a planet. If anybody is Let listening to this show and you actually, you know, make the Star Trek show, First of all, please. they've already finished filming the season, but that brings us to well, the show were, is renewed. They were renewed for a second season, so we have hope. If you're listening to this, please, for the love of God, have them land on a planet and do something. Um, I mean, it's not really a surprise it was renewed for season two. The thing is, is this experiment... There was, there was a nude for season two? Renewed, but oh, okay. this experiment was to drive subscriptions of their streaming service up for CBS. And the idea is you throw a show out there that you're not going to get on network TV. And it was smart to do it for a franchise where the people would pay regardless. You know, when you do movies, I mean, it's hit or miss with the Star Trek movies, but you always did bring people out. Even if some were bigger hits than others, you could say all you want about Nemesis Bomb. Nemesis still brought millions of people out. And you can't do that for most TV show movies. But... This is about subscriptions and it being renewed just basically says we got enough subscriptions. The trouble is, are they renewing this too soon? Because just because people signed up for that first month, we're really only a month into this now. It was renewed just a few days ago. Right. And this debuted, I think, five weeks ago. So you basically have just reached the point where people didn't cancel after the first month. (laughs) But you give them a free month. Mm-hmm. So they renewed this show at the moment where people had to choose, do you want to continue your subscription or cancel after your free month we gave you? And they said, we got enough people to continue for a second month. We'll renew it for a second season. Well, you still have three months of this show left. Yeah. So I is it jumping the gun it. a little? I have hope for it. Yeah. We'll see. But anyways, this is my show. So in no, conclusion. Poll. <laughs> poll for the week. Now, I wanted to do, in honor of Tilly... <laughs> The best of the worst characters. We're talking oh, the Wesley Crushers, the Jake Siscos, the um, Mayweathers, all the bad ones. But you the would only, not remember any of these people unless I showed you. Uh, yeah, the only Mayweather I know is the boxer. Yeah, that's Floyd Mayweather. Okay, yeah. uh, different guy. Uh, but You know what? So what I will do is I will be gracious even though it's my show. And I will actually not participate because I know who none of these no, people no, no, are. No, no, and no, I want to no, hear your no, opinion. No, I'm going to save that until I can show you the characters. Because that will be a fun one. Okay. Who's the best of the worst? Uh, we have two choices this week. We can rank the original six movies from the original series. So we're talking Star Trek The Motion Picture through Undiscovered Country. Or we can rank all the engineers. And one, I'm kind of throwing them in as an engineer, but they're, yeah, I guess they kind of are. I don't know if I'm going to know who those people are. Well, let's try it, okay? All right, so in honor of our engineer Stamets mirror image this week, uh, let's go with, you obviously know Scotty. Yes. Engineer from the original, okay? You know who Jordy is, engineer of Next Generation. Mm Mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine, I mean, it was a space station. It didn't technically have an engineer, but I guess you could have said... Uh, O'Brien, who was a next generation character. I know the character. guy with the curly hair. Yeah, I hey, I didn't have to show you a picture for you to know who it was. I know who he is. Uh, do you know who Taurus is on um, uh, Star Trek Voyager? Mm. She's kind of half Klingon, half human. I... I'll have to show you the picture. Oh, yes, yeah, I know her. Okay, so she would be the engineer from Voyager. Uh, and then you, you, I hope you know who Tucker is from Enterprise. Yeah. Okay. 
So she, he's the one that the Vulcan lady wanted to sleep with. Yeah, well, she did sleep with him for you know the better part of several seasons, I guess. Lucky guy. And look at this. Lucky guy. <laughs> I, I tried to pull up Tucker just in case you didn't know who it is. Charles Trip Tucker the third. Um, the very first thing that comes on YouTube is Star Trek Enterprise Trip into Paul make out. Uh, so that will be our clip. Oh, followed by Star Trek Enterprise <laughs> love story. I like story, how you trip just into mumble Paul. off. Um, Tucker did not die. Anyways, Tucker's a fun character. So uh-huh. let's go through it. Rank them worst to first. Uh, I, I already forget some of them. Scotty, Jordy, O'Brien, Torres, and Tucker. Okay, uh, Scotty. Scotty's your worst? No, the best. Scotty's the best? <laughs> This is really no. He's right the one here. from the new movies, right? The funny guy. Yeah, but we're ranking the original show. I mean, you can include Simon Pegg in there if you want, but we're talking about like James Doohan, oh. like original Scotty. I can't do it, Captain. Oh no! I don't know then. what that accent was. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All your accents sound weird. Okay, anyways, I cannot this... reach the control panel. So that's... <laughs> do you remember the Simpsons? No. There's okay. Before we even get on this, oh my gosh, I'm, no, gonna, this... I'm gonna forget the characters. James Doohan, Scotty gained a lot of weight in between when the show ended and when they started doing the movies. And there was a Simpsons episode which was parodying Star Trek. Is coming soon to theaters. Star Trek Twelve. So very tired. And it was just everybody being extremely old. And you get uh, Kirk saying, "Scotty, uh, warp five now." And Scotty's like, "I can't do a captain." And then you see him like way too fat. He's like, "I cannot reach the control panels." Okay. <laughs> Jimmy loves fat jokes. Oh. I don't know why she's ignoring me. I'm trying to be a nice person and not give you any edit points. All right. I'm being Scotty, very, very Jordy, good. O'Brien, Taurus, Tucker. Okay, so probably, uh, I don't know, probably it'd be a tie between Jordy and Tucker. I really like both of them. For favorite? Yeah. Okay. And then Scotty. Mm-hmm. And then O'Brien. Mm-hmm. And then... Taurus. Klingon girl. <laughs> Taurus. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is... Uh, I'm going to do it opposite of Jamie. I'll go worst to first, which is what we were supposed to do. But I'm assuming you went first to worst, right? Yes. Okay. Um, this isn't just me piling on Voyager every week, but Taurus really is the worst of those. Nobody on and uh, not Enterprise Voyager was given any opportunity for character development except for um, Janeway and Seven to Nine, as you called her last week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, is that I, I want to also mention here, I think that Voyager had the right idea with characters and this whole idea that you had two separate ships who were technically at odds, you know, now you have to work together was an interesting idea. I just didn't care about Taurus and they ended up putting our love story. Couldn't have cared less. Uh, Taurus worst. This is, oh, this is almost controversial because... I know people love Scotty, but I feel like if you go back and watch the original series and you watch the movies even, he's just a background character. And yes, he's fun. And I feel like if you ever had actually really done something with Scotty, like the episode of Next Generation he was in was amazing. Uh, That's one of my favorite episodes. And even just with Jordy, one of my favorite episodes, you'd really have something there. But like the series just... He was nothing on the original series. Um, I liked him in the movies, so the new ones. They I did like a better him. job with him there. I like Simon Pegg with yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, that's just because he's Simon Pegg. So I would put him second last. Uh, then you're left with O'Brien, Tucker, and Jordy. I'd put Tucker third, and again, I love Tucker. I love that whole deni- dynamic of Archer to Paul and Tucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would f- say that of those three characters, he is the weakest. And I feel like he had one of the best 
endings that any character had on Star Trek for the final episode. But overall, he just doesn't compare because O'Brien also had two series. He was like a great background character. I guess you could consider him on uh, Next Generation because he came from Next Generation. And whenever they had O'Brien really integrated into the show, I thought he was so much fun. So he was one of these like not really a main cast member that that you you really enjoyed watching. When they introduced him on Deep Space Nine, it was just fantastic. I've always been a huge O'Brien fan, but you never top Geordi. I've said many times to you that... Yes, Picard is a better character, and there's more there, and he's Patrick Stewart. But as a kid, Jordy was always my favorite. Well, I love. Everybody Jordy. wanted to have his eye beam thing. His eye beams, yes. Yeah. The laser beams he shoots out of his eyes, <laughs> like Cyclops. <laughs> and I always wanted that as a kid. I'm like, can they just make one of those, and maybe it has some blinking lights, like you're looking at it through sunglasses? That would have been cool. But Jordy would be the number one engineer. So yeah. Stamets, I don't know, maybe he come in just ahead of Taurus if we give him a couple more seasons. Even yeah. right now, he's not. Uh, that's pretty much it for this week. So Until next time. Well, thank you. It is your show. You might as well end it the way you please. Uh, I don't really know how to end the show. I just wanted to say, hmm. we have how many episodes left here? Uh, they did originally move from eight episodes to nine episodes is what we're going to see before it goes on a mid-season break. And that mid-season break's going to basically be all of November and December. So really we only have, uh, how many episodes? Three episodes left here to cover. Next week, the episode's called Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. That's a tongue twister. That actually sounds kind of cheesy. And by the way, I know I keep saying this is my show, but actually it is your show. You know why? Because why? I don't want to be responsible for any of this research and knowing facts and, and stuff like that. Having to post the episode and edit uh, yourself. It's going to, yeah, and, and there is that. And like, you know, the brain power of having to remember crap. I, I'm just, <laughs> you know. That's a perfect way to explain Star Trek. To, uh, this is this is the issue with podcasting Star Trek Discovery. You have to remember crap every week because that's what the show kind of has been. You know what? Let's face it, okay? We all have day jobs and stuff that we do. <laughs> I have enough crap to remember up my job and stuff like that to try to be good at that not to mention being a mother yeah and and you know crap to remember about my kid and his appointments and everything i don't have to remember crap about a show i'll let you do that <laughs> just big shout out to noah here who uh caught up on star trek discovery noah our co-host which you currently listen to on the lost series that he's doing with ben i wonder what his opinion is on stds he <laughs> <laughs> noah what is your opinion on stds let us know if star you trek gonorrhea coming to a theater near you <laughs> but uh so very tired <laughs> How about so very itchy? <laughs> okay, let's not go there. <laughs> Shout out to Noah. He did catch up on Star Trek, but before he caught up on all the episodes and before he listened to our podcast, he said to me, is it just me or is this show not very good? <laughs> so yeah, you have to remember a lot he of He is watching it though, not just listening to the podcast, right? Yeah, he, okay. he told me he didn't listen to any of our podcasts till he had caught up on last week's oh, episode. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you know, you know what's amazing? Mm. We've almost gotten through this episode, and I haven't had one edit point. For I you. know, so you can shut up from this point on, and I'm just going to wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> that is it until next week, and I have no clever line to end this on. Uh, so I will just say, my name is Colin, and magic to make the sanest man go mad. And my name is Jamie, and I am not a broken woman. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.